We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Lion Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders God intends you to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger. Let's jump in. All right, guys, it's your meet episode of the week. I'm excited to have you here. Let's get going. You know how we're going to get going this week? The same way we do every week, guys. Come on, you should be used to this by now. And we're going to go start with scripture. And we're going to be in the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 10. So it's 41, verse 10, if you want to follow along. So do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Guys, that is one of those verses that one of those it is written that we need to have in our hearts. Because he's Satan's gonna come. The attacks are gonna come. Trials of life are gonna come. You need some it is written. And right here, Isaiah 41 10. It's one, guys, you need to lean into, truly, truly understand it. So go back and check out the spiritual uh, kickoff that we had. That SKO, I think, really will serve you well as you move forward, guys. So go check that one out. See what it does for you. See if it helps you grow in your walk with Christ. All right, now, so for today, what are we going to be talking about? Well, we're going to be talking about uh, unexpected Jesus. Because sometimes, you know, we Jesus just meets us when we least expect it, right? So to have this conversation. I brought in Eric, um, Eric Riviera, and he is the lead pastor at a, a church called The Brook. Okay, so this is a multi-ethnic church in Chicago. He planted this thing back in 2013. So this is actually his 10-year anniversary. We talked about that a little bit, but the 10-year anniversary he has, he's passionate about mobilizing the church to be actually on mission. Okay, so that not just be you know a, a, a building, but like they want to be on mission, particularly in that urban context. So Eric's a smart guy. He has a PhD in theology from from Trinity College. He's he's the author of this wonderful book, guys. And he's married to to a wonderful lady named Erica. They have three children. He talks about that the the way that they play ball together, and and it's just pretty cool. Just gets that inside uh, look at Eric and his family. And in addition to serving at the Brook. Uh, they hit him and his wife are on a national speaker team for Family Life's Weekend to Remember Marriage Getaways. And they're contributors also to the Art of Parenting video series. So he's a to say he's a busy guy is an understatement. He's on fire. He's doing all this stuff for the Lord. I really just enjoyed this conversation with Eric. I picked up several things that, that really stood out to me as I walked through with him. And a lot of it which has to do with the shame and the pride and the doubt that we have as men. I know it's something that 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 for me that doubt really could take over from time to time, and it was just a, a, a reassuring conversation to hear it from Eric, who's who's leading all these people 
uh, in Chicago. Just at that doubt, that's all from the pits of hell, guys. I mean, it's not from the spirit. And how Jesus meets us in those moments, it's so critical to remember. So, guys, I really encourage you to, to take your time with this one. Uh, listen to some of the truths that Eric that speak that he speaks about. Listen to some of the areas that he really unpacks around uh, doubt, forgiveness, what that should look like uh, in our lives, as well as how can we walk through some crises? Because you're going to walk through them. You're going to go through these trials. And when the trials come, guys, you need to be prepared. So there was so much to unpack here. So hopefully you enjoyed this conversation with Eric Rivera. It was an honor to, to, to be able to, to sit down with him. So I'm not going to hold it back any longer, guys. Enjoy this conversation with Eric. So, Eric, welcome to The Lion Within Us. How are you doing today, my friend? Chris, I'm doing good. Thank you for this opportunity. I'm actually pretty excited to talk with you here. I'm excited as well. So where are you, just kind of give our listeners, where are, you, where are you located at? So I'm right here in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, uh, in the city, the northwest side of the city proper. So that's where home is, and it's been for my whole life. Oh, so you're born and raised Chicago. That's right, Chicago and through and through, and love being here. Okay, so yeah, so I, I guess if we get to a lightning round, I start asking about sports teams. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to guess which those teams are. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I wear that on my sleeve proudly. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So, uh, so are you? Uh, before we go, are you a Cubby or are you a White Sox? <laughs> that's the that's the question, right? I'm I'm a I'm a pretty diehard White Sox fan. I grew okay. up a Cubs fan. I grew up a Cubs fan and White Sox, and then I met Cub fans, and they drove me crazy. So. I became a single White Sox fan at that point. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. That's great. Well, I know you're you're lead pastor at the Brook, so why don't you give us a little, a little bit? What's going on at the Brook? How long have you been doing that, and, and how's that church going? Man, I, I love our church family. We we planted this church in 2013, so we're with the Evangelical Free Church. Um, you know, in God's providence, we were given a, a, a building to start this church plant with, and a community not far from where I grew up. And so God sent a team of five of us to to get the groundwork do, done in this community. People uh, just really caught the vision. Um, community was thirsting for for a gospel witness. Um, there's uh, some fifty thousand people or so who live within a one mile radius of our church building, wow. and so uh, not many churches in the area. So we just saw the the, the need for a healthy gospel Bible believing church. And man, God has been doing a beautiful work these almost ten years. It'll be ten years in October. So it's called The Brook. Uh, we named it The Brook because we saw the community as one that was thirsting. It was longing, you know, uh, people were just just eager and just needing this hope of Jesus. And so we want to introduce them to the water of life and not to Jesus. So, yeah, we named the church The Brook and been at, at that work of discipleship, uh, meeting people, building relationships in our community since then. It's, it's been a blast. It's been a beautiful time. Man, that is incredible. That is so good. So you're coming up on 10. That's a big anniversary, 10 years. That's, that's, I'm sure that's pretty intimidating for you. It is. It is. We're going to party. We're going to celebrate. We, uh, we love to party and celebrate. So we'll do that really good in October. <laughs> that is incredible. So, so definitely looking forward to, to learning more. We'll make sure that we put the link to the brook in our show notes for listeners that want to check it out for sure. Cause I'm sure you guys have a, a lot of great messages that go out that are uplifting, that are encouraging and that are built around truth, man. So, yeah. uh, and before we dig into to your book, and I want to talk about that, I want to do something a little fun for us to get started. So what's a fun fact about you that no one would ever guess? Man, so a really wild uh, fun fact is something that I was able to do as a freshman in high school. 
So I grew up as a runner. I love, uh, just love running, distance running in particular. But in my freshman year, um, it was 1996 in high school and the Olympic Games was in Atlanta. And yep. uh, wherever the Olympic Games are, they do this torch relay, which starts in Athens and they send it to the country that's hosting. And long story short, the, the torch was coming through Chicago land area, actually in Indiana, a neighborhood called or a city called Crown Point. And through a, a series of events, my family nominated me and I was selected to run with the Olympic torch there uh, freshman year of high school. And I've got the torch in my office right there. I was able to buy it. So I got the Olympic torch right here in my in my office from the 96 game. So that, that was a pretty cool experience. That is pretty cool. So how long were you able to, were you able to run with it? What was your what was your yeah. distance? It was only a half mile, but that was a that was a fun half mile for sure. I bet. I bet. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I definitely had no Olympic uh, stories have hit the line yet. So that's a first <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Very good. Now, you still an active runner now? I do, man. It's actually been a real gift to me from God. I, I grew up playing baseball. Like that was my, my heart and passion still is. I love baseball, but gave it up in high school and, and uh, just God led me that way. I think through different things, but uh, I, I, I ran in middle school and then into high school, but it turns out that that really is something I've needed as a pastor, <laughs> as yeah. a way of, of just staying healthy, um, relieving stress, having alone time with God, uh, listening to music that I love and, uh, running has been a big part of my life as an adult to just be a space where I can reconnect with God and, and just recalibrate as, as a man. And so, yeah, I'm thankful for it. I'm glad I get to run often still. Well, I'm with you. I'm the same way. I actually had, I did a run this morning, so I don't do long, long distances, you know, four or five miles at a time is usually what I run. I was able to get a five mile run in um, to actually a four mile run in this morning just because of I was going to be excited talking to you. It just helps get my mind in a good place to be able to serve the guests and the listeners and things like that. So, man, I'm with you there. It's something about just getting outside. I think that's the biggest thing for me, just getting outside, just being in nature and just, you know, pounding those those miles and just sometimes along my thoughts or sometimes it's a podcast. But it's usually just it's it's always out just connecting with God. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. For sure, for sure. Well, look, I love what you get, what your book here. So we're going to unpack this, but also I just love the title, you know, mm -hmm. Unexpected Jesus, How the Resurrected Christ Finds Us, Meets Us, Heals Us. Man, so how did you come up with the title before we dig into the book? Yeah, so truthfully, uh, my publisher helped me a lot with that. I um, I had a, a kind of a different title in mind initially. Um, it was more of a kind of Jesus meets us in our mess or uh, some, something along these lines. And and as we were talking, they they said, hey, you know, what do you think about unexpected Jesus? Because we're trying to just capitalize on this idea that there's times we just, Jesus seems to come out of nowhere to meet us in what we're going through. Right. And when they, when they uh, suggested this title, I, I loved it immediately. I thought, man, this really does represent what I was really trying to get at. So I'm glad for the suggestion. And it was, it was cool to see. It's cool to see it in print. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's, it was a fun read. And I love how you just start about talking how our, Jesus meets us in our mess and the things that are going on in our lives. So, so many times I hear guys talk, Eric, and I'm sure you do too. Like, I just got to get some things straight before I even think about coming to Christ, right? I, or, or before I come to church. And there's so much I've done wrong. And I just need to get this straight. And then I'll, you know, I, yeah, I hear that all the time. And then I'll, and then I'll, right? So just, I, <laughs> completely backwards thinking when you address it right out of the, out of the gate. So man, why do so many guys get that wrong and think that they need to do something themselves first before they come to him? Man, you know, it could be a host of things. I think sometimes uh, we, we carry shame 
as men and we feel like we don't deserve God's kindness. So we've got to somehow feel like we've earned it so that the shame is not so big. Um, sometimes it's, um, it's pride. We, we want to feel like I did this. I, I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I, I yeah. put in the work so that at the, at the, the back end of it, I could say I got here. And, right. and sometimes it's it, whether shame, pride or something in between. Uh, but like you said, it, it's, it's the wrong mindset because it, it's not going to get us anywhere. It just doesn't work that way. No. And you're so right, man. I mean, like the, the pride of life so many times is what holds so many guys back. And it's, it's the one that I feel like, you know, Satan so many times, he's got the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. But that pride of life, man, can hold back so many guys. Mm-hmm. They're so prideful. And, and it, that idea of just, you know, denying themselves, they can't get past that. And, and ultimately though, Man, we're all messed up. Every one of us, we, we, we have these messes. And I just love how you talk about, you know, how he meets us there, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We, we've got those messes. I think there might be even another another reason why we try to get ourselves out because we think we're the only ones going through it. Uh-huh. You know, we, think, we think other guys are good and like, man, this, this guy over here who seems to be doing well, clearly he doesn't deal with the mess I've got. I better go and work hard to get myself out of it before anyone else finds out. Or before, you know, I, I, I start feeling worse about it. And this is that terrible cycle. But you're right. We've all got our messes. They look different. Uh, we have different stories, but we've all got them. Right. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, I, I just I, I really thought that was just a wonderful way to kind of get us going there and start talking about those messes. Because, guys, if you're out there and you're thinking, that, you know, I'm too far gone. There's no good in me. Look, that's straight from Satan. You got to yeah. just rebuke that and just lean into it because, look. Our world, it, it, it's definitely dark. It can feel hopeless. I mean, this the, the evil one is definitely out there attacking. He's going to attack you guys, but there is hope. And you, you start talking about Jesus being the light, right? The light for our heart and, and the way he comforts us. So share a little bit there because there were some really encouraging things there, particularly around that when you were talking about the weeping and the story with your wife. If you don't mind, just unpack that a little bit because to me, that was very impactful. And yeah. I think that's worth sharing with our listeners. Yeah, you know that it's the chapter on Mary Magdalene where I, I talk about this. Um, uh, what what really strikes me is that Mary Magdalene is the one given that great privilege and honor of being the first witness to the resurrected Jesus, and um, and so for her, she she has no glimmer of hope as she gets as she gets to the tomb. She completely arrives expecting to find a corpse. She yeah. she arrives expecting to find a body that needs herbs and spices. And so when she gets to that tomb, sees it's empty, she is thrown for a loop. She doesn't know what's going on. And, and you know, Jesus is the gardener. She thinks him to be behind her. And she knows he's there. And she's like, where did you put the body? I mean, her grief flooding her mind. And um, and it's not until Jesus speaks her name that she realizes, oh, wait, <laughs> this is yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and so, but when I think of Mary there at that tomb, um, I'm, I try to really understand where is that profound grief coming from? Of course, like it's the horror of seeing someone you care about die. Like, like she saw that, but it wasn't just that she saw someone she cared about die, but it's also what she believed of him before he died. And she put mm-hmm. all her chips in Chris. Like she, she was fully sold out to follow him. She believed in him. He had rescued her from her demonic oppression. We're told like she was all in. And so um, that that helps us understand the depth of her grief. Yeah. And w- with what I find really fascinating is like 
as men, like we understand deep grief. We've all gone through it. And, and if you haven't gone through it yet, like you're going to go through it. It's coming. Uh, and so, so Mary's story to me is really personal because I've gone through grief in different ways. Um, and seeing the way Jesus met her and her grief gives me hope that he will do the same for me in my grief. Um, yeah, we, we've gone through challenges in our marriage. And, and one that I write about is a, um, an autoimmune disease that my wife was diagnosed with. That, that just really, um, really threw us for a loop. We, we just didn't see it coming. And it was a time in just trying to discover that, that, um, what was going on with her physically that, um, it, it gripped me. It, it, it consumed me because there was, there's, I couldn't help her. Um, yeah. I couldn't fix this. Right. I couldn't, I didn't have answers. All I had were prayers. And, um, and so it, it was a very trying season, but, but I saw God meet us in the uncertainty, in the pain, in the sadness, in the fear. And, um, and th- that's why, you know, as I, as I wrote that chapter, I didn't just write it, um, um, you know, philosophically speaking. I, I didn't write it in hypotheticals. I wrote this thing as I, I know what that's like to some degree. And I've seen God meet me in that place as well. Um, and so that, that's why that, that chapter was really meaningful to me and, and meant a lot to, to me where I was at and what I've experienced. Yeah. That's, that's such an impactful story to talk about, Eric, because I mean, I think so many of our guys listening, they, they, like you said, I always talk about it in trials in three areas. You're either in one, coming out of one, or you're getting ready to go into one. It's those one of those three. And if you've never been in, in a trial, like you need to wake up because or get ready because you're probably getting ready to go into the biggest one you've ever faced in your life. So, for me, when I see that, so far as you know, you know, when we're weeping, Jesus comforts us. Man, there there is so much there, and I'm so glad you went to the story of Mary Magdalene because I think that's just a beautiful tie-in. But also, I just appreciate your transparency with your, the story of your wife, because I think that's what resonates with a lot of listeners and readers as well, is is when the authors, you know, peel back the layers, because you could have just talked about Mary, right? I mean, you could have yeah. legit, like, had a really good chapter. But for me, what made the chapter hit home and actually resonate was the personal tie, yeah. you know, to, to, to your story. Yeah, I'm thankful for my wife for just her courage in... Uh, and telling this story. I mean, we, we speak at marriage events, we speak in different places and she's, she's willing to open up because I think she knows, first of all, she's seen God meet her. And then she knows that, um, that people are, are grasping for hope and we've got a testimony to share. And so m- my wife is a, is a, a rock in her faith. I mean, she is strong and she was strong going into the trial. She's strong in it and strong coming out. Not to say there weren't dark days and times of despair, but, um, but knowing that that people go through this, that we all go through this, yeah, we we wanted to put this out there so that there was no confusion, like like we don't have the, these struggles. We we've got them, and and they come in they come in droves, and they come hard sometimes, and we've gone right. through. Them. Right, man, I absolutely love that, Eric. So look, we'll take a quick break, guys. We'll be right back, and we'll keep digging into this conversation with Eric. What if you could connect with other Christian men? grow in your faith, have resources to help you be the leader God intends you to be, have live events where you can ask questions and get in-the-moment answers, and be connected to guys 24-7 when you need them the most. Does it sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. That is what we've built within the Lion Within Us community. I'm telling you guys, this is an unbelievable opportunity. Jump in. 
check us out. We have weekly events that are happening all the time. We have lion lunches. We have our Bible study. We have boot camps that are happening. We have uh, Ask Me Anything events every month where you get a chance to ask questions directly from guests from the show. Guys, it's access that you cannot get anywhere else. This community is growing. It's getting bigger and bigger, and it's being it's growing closer together as it grows as well. It's amazing to see how these guys lean in, support, serve, love, encourage, challenge each other on a daily basis. So, guys, if you want a chance just to check it out, hop over to thelionwithin.us. Get a 30-day free trial. Just see what it's like, and you may find what you've been looking for, that encouragement, that support, that brotherhood is right here at the click of your finger. I'll see you inside the den. So, man, thank you so much for, for just unpacking that because he, he definitely, he, he, meets, he meets us in our mess. He, he comforts us while we go through those different trials of life. And then you keep talking about in, in your book that he is the light for our hearts. And I just thought that was beautiful because even our, our uh, children's pastor just past weekend, I thought it was pretty cool. He, did, he does a little video every week for our, for our congregation because he's down there teaching the kids. But he's, you know, he does that for the, for the online audience. And he, his, his uh, visual was a flashlight. And the flashlight, you know, he was in the church and he's like, you know, it, it, it's supposed to be a bright light, but it was like the lights were on. And he's like, his point was like, cut, he, he, he cut the lights off. Then he cut the cam- the flashlight on and then people could see, oh, why wow, it's a really bright flashlight. And his point was, look, when we're in the church building, we're surrounded by believers. You know, it's easy for your light to just kind of blend in, you know, because we're, 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 we're with our believers. We're, we're getting built up. We're growing. But when we go out into this dark world, that's where the light needs to shine. And usually that's where Jesus meets us at in those dark moments. So for me, that was just a beautiful mm-hmm. illustration the way he did it. But man, you tied it together perfectly, right? When you talk about the hopelessness that so many people feel. So just will hopefully you unpack that for a little bit for us and talk about what does that light mean to you? Yeah. Um, as we've been saying, like people are, we all go through these dark times and we need the hope of Jesus to shine light in that. Uh, so often we, we just feel like there's no way out of what we're going through. We, we right. feel like we're in a rut that we just can't get out of. And we even have a hard time envisioning freedom whatsoever. Um, so we get isolated. We're, we're dark. We're in the darkened space of, of, of loneliness, of isolation, of despair. Um, and the very fact that Jesus breaks through into the darkness. I mean, he, he says, I am the light of the world. Um, and then he says that we are the light of the world. And so he wants to shine light into our darkness so that we can then be a light into others. And, and that's, that's what he does in each of these resurrection appearances. He, he meets the people in their mess, in their darkness, and then he sends them right back out. Like, okay, I met you here. Um, you're not alone. I can bring you through this. I've got you. But now go tell someone, go testify, go live it out. And so, yeah, so darkness doesn't prevail. It doesn't prevail when we turn to Christ. Uh, No matter how dark things are and how dark things get, it just doesn't prevail because Jesus is that light that shines in darkness. Um, And he's a reason to hope. Amen to that, bro. Amen to that. That that is that is that's what we're talking about. That's what you guys need to just remember to just go back and replay that last minute and a half that Aaron just dropped on you. So that was really good. So maybe to talk to the guy that's listening out there, Eric, and he's having he's he's in a season of doubt, 
and he's always doubting himself and, and he's either doubting others, but primarily the guys that I talk to, we we're the worst critics of ourselves, right? We, we tell ourselves, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have enough money. I can't figure all this stuff out. Whatever that lie is, you know, that, that, that we constantly, I feel like we're really good at critiquing ourselves to in, in the worst ways, you know, how can Jesus, and where does Jesus rather, where's he help that guy? You know, what, what, what would you, what would you say to that guy? Uh, such a great question, Chris, such a great question because it's very personal. It's very real for all of us. Um, you know, there, there are a couple of, of, of people in this book that I talk about that I, I think this um, scenario speaks to. I mean, the first of whom is Thomas. Uh, he, he has that, that, that reputation of, of being known as doubting Thomas and, how would you like to have that real quick before we go for like, like that's what you're known as is doubting Thomas. That's terrible. Right. Right. And the thing that gets me so much is it's, it's so unfair to Thomas, right? Because yeah. with a lot of us, when we have doubt, there's a reason for it. There's something behind it. And sometimes the doubt stems from disappointment. It, it stems from a, um, a failure. And now because we've experienced these things, we're kind of like, I don't, I don't know if I can believe, and I don't even know if I want to believe because if I believe again, I can get let down again, Chris. Yeah. I can get hurt again. You're exposing yourself. Yeah. And so I think Thomas is known to be doubting Thomas, but first, you know, I like, I said in my book, and I like to tell others, like, he should be known as ride or die Thomas. Like, he's a guy who's ready to lay down his life for Jesus. And that story of, 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 uh, Lazarus's death, uh, Jesus and, and his disciples, they leave the Bethany area because they're trying to kill Jesus. And he's gone. And then the disciple, he gets a message saying, hey, Lazarus is dead. And so Jesus tells his disciples, all right, we got to go back to Bethany. And, and the disciples are like, they just tried to kill you there. And Jesus says, I got to go to Lazarus. But then Thomas says, all right, we're going to go with you. We're we'll ready to die with you. Like, now that's a friend. Yes. And, that's but, it. But we don't. We don't remember Thomas for that statement. We remember Thomas for the statement later that says, unless I put my hands in his hands, touch his side, I'll never believe. Right. And so when we think about our doubt as men, we look at Thomas and we realize he's he's struggling with believing because he believed before. And his Mm -hmm. belief got dashed when he saw his Savior crucified. Uh And he's really wrestling here. And so to the guy who's doubting, um, perhaps part of our breakthrough is understanding why, why am I doubting? Uh, wh- where is my unbelief coming from? Uh, you know, maybe I, I've, I've prayed some big prayers and believed them with all my heart and, and God didn't answer the way I thought he was going to do it. Uh, you know, maybe I went out on the limb and took a risk and didn't feel like God met me there. And so to, to that guy, I would say, um, let the Lord Jesus meet you there in that place of doubt. Maybe you can't even utter a prayer. You're struggling so bad. But, but if you just say, Jesus, help me. Just, just help me. And, and I, I believe he will. I believe he will because um, what Jesus does with Thomas is he, he does show up. But it says he shows up a week after uh, right. he showed up to the other disciples, which tells me, that Jesus is at work in these times of doubt. He, he's at work in these moments where we we're really struggling in our faith. He's doing something there and he will meet us at the right time as we cry out to him. And so 
man, brother, like to you listening, Jesus wants to, to meet you in this place. He does. Um, because prolonging, keeping him at arm's length, it's, it's just not going to result in a place of thriving and help. You need Jesus and he's there to meet you in that place. Mm-hmm. Amen, brother, to that. I mean, so, so, so true there. And I think so many times with guys in particular, it, it can be hard because, you know, we, we have a, we have a church full of doubting Thomases and they want it. They want to see something, right? They want to, but this goes back to the faith and being able to, to, to have your faith in what, what is unseen. And man, I just see guys in particular struggle with this area, Eric. And I'm so glad that you, you know, dedicated a whole chapter, a whole area of section of your book because doubt, man. Um, I, for me personally, this is one that I've struggled with. If just personal doubt, like you, you if, particularly if you ever try to do any work uh, for for the, for the kingdom, like Satan is going to throw all sorts of doubts your way, guys. So if you try to start like a little small Bible study group or discipleship group, or maybe you're trying to find a Timothy that you want to mentor, get ready because the attacks are going to come. He's going he's going to do everything he can to deter you from doing that because the last thing Satan wants is is men you know, leaning in and helping other men grow closer to Christ. And can you speak to that directly? Cause I yeah. know that's, that's impact huge for our, for our community. hundred percent. Yeah. So when we think of doubt, we think of Thomas, but, but there, there's more here at play. Um, you know, I think of the, the story of the disciples who go out fishing after the resurrection and it says they, they fish all night and catch nothing, nothing, right. Um, nothing at all. Right. <laughs> and so Jesus is on the seashore and he says, Children, what did you catch? And I'm like, you know the answer. He's Jesus. messing with them, man. I love a cold <laughs> question when, when you come back empty-handed. But but I feel like what Jesus is trying to do is, you know, in, in John, Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And it's like they're out on that on that boat in the Sea of Galilee, trying to fish essentially by their own strength. And they're just trying to go through this motion and it's not bearing any fruit. And I, I do believe that the thrust of that passage is Jesus saying, Hey, apart from me, you can do nothing. And so, so to the guy who's maybe doubting, maybe just feeling the adversity when he's trying to be faithful, um, you know, remember Jesus's words, apart from me, you can do nothing. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in because when Jesus ascends into glory, at the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, he sends the Holy Spirit down. And the, the, the believers, uh, all of them without exception, for the first time ever, are filled and indwelled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we, when we are men striving to be faithful, like you said, trying to, trying to disciple another man, trying to love our wives well, Try, trying to be a faithful father, uh, trying to be a single man who's walking in holiness with the direction, you're going, you're going to face attack. You're going to face spiritual adversity, either from your flesh from within, from the world from without, or from Satan. Um, and in that moment, remember, apart from Jesus, you can do nothing. But with Jesus, you've got the spirit and you could do all things. You know, first John four, greater is he that is in us than he who's in the world. And so when the doubt comes in, when the sense of I'm not inadequate, I'm the wrong man for the job, God, you must have it confused. Remember that the spirit of God is in you. And God's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you. You're, you're the right person. You're the one I wanted to work through. 
but you got to lean on me because apart from me, you can do nothing, but with me, you can do all things. Yes, man. Good gracious, Eric. That that right there, buddy. So much truth in that. So guys, I, I pray that if you're, again, struggling with doubt, trying to figure out how to take those next steps forward, go back, listen to to, to Eric's advice, because this is, this is real. I mean, he's giving you some absolute truth, grounded in biblical truth as well, that you guys can apply right now to your daily walk. So hey, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Guys, I hear all the time how we are isolated, we're alone, we don't feel like we have anybody we can talk to. And I'm here to tell you, we took action. The line within us, we started a community. And that thing is awesome. We have events happening all the time. And more importantly, we have guys connecting with each other every day. And I'm talking about we're building meaningful relationships, serving each other, accountability, growth. And I know that's what you're looking for. And it's done, guys, all within the community itself. Every week, we have lion lunches. We have Bible studies. We have uh, Ask Me Anything events. We, guys, this is, we have things, resources that we have built to serve you, to help you be the leader God intends you to be. We're offering right now a 30-day free trial. Jump in. Check it out for a month. Come to some events. See what it's like. See if it serves you well. You have nothing to lose at this point. Check it out. I guarantee you guys, once you get in, you're going to find the resources that you need to help you keep growing. Just that encouragement. Sometimes you just need that fellow brother coming alongside. It's just going to be there and say, I got you, bro. That's what we got. We had that and so much more. So go to the lionwithin.us. Click on get a 30-day free trial and start today. And guys, I'll see you inside the den. So, Eric, man, one thing I wanted to talk about, talk with a lot of guys within our community at the line within us and, and something that just keeps coming up that I hear quite often, particularly when I get, you know, smaller groups of guys together and we're talking. It's about their past and the things that they screwed up on and the mistakes that they've made. And it just, it leads them not, not so much doubt as much as it leads them defeated. You know, they just feel like they're just defeated. And I'd love for your insight here because Christ, his forgiveness is is something that, that we need constant reminders about. So when, when you counsel, or I'm sure you have small groups, discipleship groups, and you hear these, these types of ideas of, 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 guys bringing up the things that they've screwed up in the past and messed up and man i can't believe i did that moments mm-hmm. where do you go how do you comfort them what 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 advice do you give them to help them get past that to see the ultimate hope that's ahead of them wow yeah i mean shame is potent isn't it i mean it it is it is a powerful thing yeah. it has the ability to isolate us it has the ability for us to make determinations that god's not going to use us and can't do it um you know i I think about this often and so many people in scriptures actually have stories that, that can elicit shame. I mean, I was just preaching about Moses this past Sunday. Here's a guy with blood on his hands. Um, and, and, and God's going to use him to deliver a million plus people. Right. Uh, and when we look in the new Testament, Peter is a similar guy with a similar story. Uh, imagine, just imagine Chris, like, when the person that you have followed for three and a half years, you've confessed to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world, you've seen him do countless miracles, 
you've seen and heard and experienced things that, I mean, we would just yearn to be in Peter's shoes. To be that Peter who, when Jesus is arrested and in his moment of greatest need that, that Peter can perceive, to, to be able to say, I don't even know this guy. Yeah. Not one time, not two times, but three times. Yeah. Uh, the scripture tells us that after Peter denies Jesus, he looks across the courtyard and sees Jesus and they see and lock eyes for that moment. Uh-huh. Um, just the, the amount of shame and, and sense of failure that came over Peter. It says he ran out and wept bitterly. Yeah. Um, I can't, I can't imagine a better word than, than to weep bitterly. And so if anybody felt like they were the uttermost failure. Uh, I mean, Peter's that guy who can make this great profession and make this great denial with the yeah. same mouth. Uh, and so we're told even, even after Jesus raises from the dead, and Peter knows Jesus is alive, we get a sense that Peter's still walking, yes, believing in the resurrection, but not believing in God's work for him and his life. And that's where Jesus picks up this conversation with, with Peter on the seashore. Yeah. And he asks him that, that question that I just, I I just can't imagine how deep it had to hurt. Peter, do you love me? And Peter's thinking like, man, when I said, I didn't know you, I, I, I know my actions didn't show it. Jesus, you do know though that I love you. And then Jesus like, all right, feed my sheep. I got another question for you, Peter. Yep. Do you love me? Right. So, so after a while, you're kind of like, Jesus, this is kind of mean. It seems like you're just, you, you got this knife. You're just digging it a little deeper. And, but like, that's what, that's what God has to do sometimes in our shame, Chris, is that um, he has to help us see how deeply rooted this thing is. And I mean, we might want to move on, but we're not really dealing with the real heart problem. Right. And so many men, we, we carry our failures from decades ago. We, we, we carry our failures with us and we even have secrets that we, that, that nobody knows. And we are like, I'm taking this to the grave. Yeah. But what it's doing does to us, it has us handcuffed. It has us isolated. And I think even worse, it has us not believing that we can be used by God. And so when Jesus has this conversation with Peter, it's not like Jesus is trying to learn something. Peter, you know, I don't know. Do, do you really love me? I'm trying to figure this out. Like, he's not doing that. But he's forcing Peter to confess with his own mouth. Right. Oh, Lord. And I, basically, I've screwed up. I failed you so bad. But um, but you know that I, I do love you. And, and what Jesus tells Peter, Chris, he says, all right. At the end of that sequence, he says, follow me. Yeah. I'm not done with you, even when you are done with you. Right. Follow me, Peter. And so to, to that man that I talk with, and I'm counseling the men, walking with them in my church family, week in and week out. And there are guys who kind of like, man, I've 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 gone into to, to pornography. I've yep. I've failed my I, I've yelled at my children. Uh I've walked out uh, on my wife at different times. I've um, I've made some really sketchy 
financial decisions, and the list goes on. Yep. Um, I, God can't use me. No, that's not true. Yeah. You know, that's not true. God's not done with you even when you are done with you. And so that that man, brother, like if you are listening to this, you need to know that God is not done with you. We we right. go through scripture, man after man, with with just parts of their story that we would just say that God must be done with that guy. Nope. He's not. But but right. we've got to repent. We've got to believe. We've got to come back and be honest and say, Lord, this is who I am. This is what I've done. And experience his forgiveness. That's what Peter did. And man, right. Acts 2, we see him preaching, leading thousands to Christ. Like God wasn't done with them. He's not done with us. Amen, brother. I mean, I think it's important for you guys to go back and, and unpack a little bit on the, the apostles and just the, the, the disciples, rather, and just understand these were just regular guys. So, if you I mean you, it's not like he went and picked the elite of the elite. Like a lot of these guys are just commercial fishermen and they yeah. were out there doing their thing, but they chose to follow them. And I thought it was interesting, completely off topic, but I was listening to a, a sermon yesterday running, I believe, and, and the guy was talking about, you know, that when, when, um, James and John, when they dropped and left and their their father's Ebony and followed him, that was like a really big moment for the dad, too. I mean, most, most of the time I always thought about that was like, right. you know what, these guys, you know, they gave up everything. But the dad, this was like a, a moment of honor because they were following a rabbi. You know, a rabbi mm-hmm. wanted them to follow him. And I just thought that was pretty cool. I mean, so, guys, you have an opportunity to follow him right now. Yeah. Uh, I just think that's beautiful. And another thing. I want to share with you, Eric, as you were, as you were just talking to that, the spirit was speaking to me. He was like, make sure that Jesus is Lord and he's not just somebody that we're just trying to, to learn from. Because I, I picked that up the other day I was reading and it was listening to a sermon and, and going back and just, and just, you know, going back through the scriptures. And when he's in the upper room, he's like, one of you will deny me. And, and all the disciples asked the question, is it I, Lord? And then it gets to Judas and it says, is it I, Rabbi? And like that hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, yo, bro, like he he is Lord. He's not just a good teacher to learn from and try to do a better job. Like we as guys, we need to understand there's a difference between him being teaching us how to lead our families, how to lead our wives and things like that, how to make good financial decisions, like you said, versus actually being Lord over all of that. There's a significant difference there. There is. I appreciate you saying that. I mean, at the heart of discipleship is surrender. It's not just. Mm. It's not just entering in a classroom, but it's surrender. Uh, Jesus says, if, if anyone be my disciple, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Uh, and really that, that is the common thread in each of the resurrection appearances. Jesus is not calling people to just follow his moral example. Mm-hmm. He's saying, surrender to my lordship. Let me reign over the throne of your heart. And, and I, I've got no competitors here. I, I want all of you. Um, and that, that's actually a pathway to freedom too, because now we, we are pretty, we're pretty bad lords of our own life. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty bad king here of this, of this own heart of my own. I need a, I need a better Lord, a better kingdom than what I can offer. Right. And Jesus offers that. Um, and it's going to come with sacrifice and it's come with, with learning to die to self. Oh man, what, what comes at the other side of the fruit of being a follower of Christ, of experiencing his forgiveness? of knowing his peace that transcends understanding. There, there's nothing like it ultimately to be a child of God. And and that's a yeah. gift offered to us through faith. And yeah, so I, I really appreciate you pressing in on Christ's Lordship because 
uh, that that's what he's calling us to is discipleship that understands him as the leader of our lives. Right. And I think that's where so many guys get hung up, man. I mean, to the whole point of surrender, no guy wants to surrender. I mean, go back to like when we played, you know, army and GI Joe's growing up. I mean, I think we're close to the same age. Like you never surrendered, no matter how bad it was, like you're going (laughs) to fight to the end. And what we got to realize is, is guys, when it comes to, to our lives at the end of the day, you know, this, I got this mentality. It's just going, it's going to crush you. It's going to crush you. The guys that try to bootstrap everything on their own and, and, and she yield all this. That's why stress is killing so many guys. That's mm-hmm. why stress, heart attacks, all that stuff is, is real legitimate physical, you know, alien things that happen to our bodies because we, we try to do all this on our own without releasing it and without understanding, you know what? If I just do this God's way and if I just surrender to him, there's so much better. And it actually is liberating. That's why I try to tell guys like it, it, it's a, it's, it's very freeing. But it does take a huge amount of humility to just understand that, you know what? He is Lord. And that mean, that that has got to mean something. It does. It does. That's so great, man. I love what you're pressing there because, yeah, the idea that we can do this. Is, no, you can't. <laughs> no, no, you can't. I got this. No, you don't. I can fix it. No, you can't. That's right. Um, I, need, I need Jesus. Um, and what's amazing is. In all this, there's an invitation. It's not just that we need Jesus, but Jesus invites us. He's right. like, not only do you need me, but I'm offering myself to you. I mean, he, right. He's the one who told Peter, let's go for a walk. He's the one who says Mary, calls her name. He's the one who appears to Thomas. He's the one yelling at the seashore, how's that fishing going? Um, he's the one who stops Saul on the road to Damascus. Right. Why are you, like, he's the one who comes and invades our space in unexpected ways with an invitation. He, he's just so kind to us. He is, man. He, he's so kind. I mean, it's, so I, mean, I think we just got to lean into that more guys and understand, look for those opportunities and he's chasing us. And if, if the quicker we can figure out that it's not us, you know, there's, there's a bigger purpose there. I think there's just, there's a ton of freedom in that, that, that really guys will, will just set you on a path like, like no other. I just, that surrendering, I really encourage you to think through that. So, look, we're going to take our last break. We'll come back. We'll unpack a couple more questions with Eric and then get, get into our lightning round. So, we'll be right back, guys. Let me ask you a real personal question. Who are your five closest friends? Are they pulling you closer to God or further away? Now, I know some of me guys said, man, I ain't got five friends. You know, okay, I get it, man. It's hard. It's hard to make those true connections. So, what we did at the Line Within Us is we started a community. That community is where brotherhood happens. It's where guys come together. So guys, if, you, if you're struggling right now, if you feel a little bit isolated or alone, you need to hop in the community. You're going to find brothers there that are going to come alongside you that want to help you wherever you're at, wherever you're at, guys. Don't think you have to be some theologian to join. No, we're all just regular men who want to deepen our relationship with Jesus Christ to ultimately be the leader God intends us to be. That's what it's about. So hop over to the community. Guys, we have a lot of live events as well. So you can hop in. You can kind of just sit there and watch. You don't have to really jump in if that's not who you are right now. Hop in on a lion lunch. Maybe go to one of our Bible studies that we have going on. Maybe check out some of our courses that we have available. Or ask me anything events where we have previous guests come in and share their expertise. All this is available within the community. That is part of the membership. So if it sounds like that's something you want to start, Guys, 30-day free trial. Just jump in. See if it serves you. And if it does, guys, we would love to have you in our community 
as we're growing, we're serving, we're helping others be the leader that God intends them to be. And I know we can help you be the leader God wants you to be as well. So again, hop over to thelionwithin.us, click on join for that 30-day free trial so you can get started today. I look forward to seeing you inside the den. So Eric, man, we've covered a lot of book, ground in your book. Definitely want to uh, recommend this to guys. You know, here, here's a spoiler alert, guys. This is going to be our book of the week on Friday. So definitely go ahead and get ahead of that, get you a copy. But as you think through this book, you kind of wrapped up towards the end as you're talking about the topic of crisis when Jesus coming and Jesus speaking in those 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 crises. And, you know, we all went through that crisis in, in March of 2020, right? I mean, every one of us went through it. I'm not sure how your church responded. I'd love to hear that, how, how that worked with you guys. So, you know, speak to us uh, when you say Jesus kind of comes to those in those moments where you hear him the loudest. So what, what would you say, say there? That's so good. Yeah. Cause a lot of us are thinking, you know, yeah, Jesus showed up in my living room and said, touch my hands. Yeah, I believe it. That's, that's right. Nice. You know, where where's that encounter? Uh, you know, he may not come as physically tangible, but he does not come too much less tangible than that. Uh, he, he arrives in our lives in a variety of ways. He comes through his word. Uh, he comes through through the spirit of God in prayer. And he, 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 uh, he encounters us through community. You know, in 2020, our neighborhood you know, got hit hard with COVID. I'm in the city of Chicago. We're, we're, we're very compact. People are living in such close proximity and yeah. there's a lot of death in our community. A lot of, um, not, not, not necessarily in our church, but in our neighborhood. And what happened because the service industries were shut down and schools were closed. I mean, people were struggling, not just, I mean, they're struggling with their mental health, with their finances. Uh, they felt so, so alone. And what we as a church, you know, we realized like God, God has positioned us here in this neighborhood to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the unexpected Jesus to people. And so we started brainstorming and praying like, Lord, please open doors for us to love our neighbors well. And it's like, like the spirit just met us by, by giving our people creative ideas courage, uh, giving us connections in our community. So it's like one thing after another. In some ways, Chris, like I feel like we were able to do more ministry during this time of, of, of uh, social distancing than we ever had before. Because what it looked like was partnering with community organizations. We began to, to deliver groceries to people who we knew uh, they, they, they lost their jobs. Uh, they're, they, weren't, they didn't have food to pay for groceries. And we got connected with local organizations where we got uh, grocery donations. People in our church uh, chipped in. They, they they bought groceries. And so we were delivering literally to people's doorsteps groceries and just said, Jesus sees you. God right. hears your prayers. And just please know this is him showing you love. Um, we have a, a former quarterback of the Chicago Bears donated some like $25,000 to an organization here in the city who turned around and matched that dollar for dollar and donated to us, uh, I think well over $10,000 to help supply uh, Christmas gifts for families and to serve families with gift cards. And so now we're like, we have all this money. We're, we're getting grocery gift cards and, and Bibles and, and, and Christmas gifts. And so it just, it reminded us that 
that Jesus still meets people when they don't expect it, but oftentimes he chooses to do so through us as his vessel. Yes. And so um, I, I firmly believe that the people in our neighborhood felt loved by God through the church, through the community. Um, and so it, it was really cool to, to, to understand um, that the unexpected and resurrected Jesus finds us, meets us, and heals us, and sometimes uses us to do that for other people. And we, we just have so many testimonies that came from that. Um, and, and that's an opportunity for us to really go on out and, and be that for Christ, uh, for the people around us. Right. You know, if you just have that willing, that willingness, it's amazing what the spirit will do, particularly if you back it up with obedience. Yeah. I mean, that's a couple of words that most guys, they, they like to shy away from, man. They don't want willing and obedient. I don't know about all that, Chris, but I'm just telling you guys, man, there is so much freedom. If you're just willing to just to listen to the spirit. And then if you obey that, there's so much fruit that's there. It's yeah. just so much to, that, that you can do for the kingdom. And you, no matter how small you may think the piece that uh, what you're doing matters, but I promise you it does. And I talk to guys all the time. I'm sure you do too, Eric. They'll, they'll, they'll try and they'll get, try to do some mission work or, or some type of, of uh, uh, evangelism. And they just feel like they just, it's not working. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't, I, I can't get this guy to come. I'm like, bro, maybe it's not you that's going to do it, right? You, you just yeah. got to plant the seed and yeah. the spirit does the work. You just have to be obedient in that. You may not yield that harvest, right? Somebody else may harvest that. But at the end of the day, you do the work and you just yeah. be obedient. And you can't worry about, you know, what it is because then it gets to the mind, me, me, me mindset. And that's, that's wrong. Right? It's just got to be, I'm doing this for the Lord, man. Yeah. One of the most sobering things as a preacher is to know that I can't change a life. Right. <laughs> right. I, I do not have the power to turn a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. No, it's not in my power, but it's also one of the most freeing realities so that I know, like, that's not on me. My job is to be faithful. Right. God's job is to resurrect dead people. And right. He does. It. And so, you know, if I'm faithful over years of work. That's in God's hand. I'm just I'm just trying to honor him and let him do the fruit. And, and we may see it. We may not see it. But if we're being faithful, we know we're honoring him. That's it. That's it. The Holy Spirit's doing the doing the heavy lifting. We just have to be faithful, be obedient. And Eric, it sounds like you're doing that, man. So tell you what, let's jump into our lightning round. I want to have a little bit of fun with you here before we wrap up today, if you got some time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd love that. All right. So we'll, we'll jump in here. It's all quick fire stuff. We call it feeding time at the Lion with Dennis. So you're kind of in the lion's den here, but don't worry. We haven't lost uh, yeah, a, a participant yet, <laughs> so you should be good to go. <laughs> so, that's good to oh, hear <laughs> there you go there you go so what's a, let's just start with something fun man what, what's a favorite hobby that you have i know you're a runner but do you have any other hobbies you like to share it's baseball i love baseball i love coaching it i coach my sons um i love just being on the ball field playing catch hitting balls hitting grounders i, I just love playing baseball it's it's a it's a hobby of mine that i hope i could do for a long time that's very now how old are your sons so uh, my middle, my I have three kids. Uh, my daughter Keziah, she's fifteen. Uh, my son, uh, next son is Lucas, he's thirteen, and my youngest is a son, and he's ten. That's Levi. Okay. And both my boys play baseball. Okay. My youngest, my youngest is is uh, almost three months, but his middle name is Levi. So all right. Uh, so yeah, we and he's even got a little baseball bag. 
And so we're ready for, you know, that we carry his bottles and stuff in. So I'm ready because I have three daughters and then finally got this son here. So I'm ready to trade in those softballs for baseballs. Now, I love a softball <laughs> field, but I'm looking forward to that baseball too, man. So looking That's forward cool. to that. That's cool. Very cool. Very cool. So another fun question before we get to a little bit harder one. So let's say you can only have one meal every day and it's got to be the same meal. What do you eat day in, day out? What are you picking there? Oh, man. That's a tough one. I mean, my my go-to food is Thai food. Okay. Family, we love it. This is a Penang curry. But man, if I eat that every day, I don't know what that would do to my intestines because it's spicy. It's spicy. That, That would hurt. But I think I'm just going to go out on a limb and trust God to provide my, my, my intestine lining that I need. So I, I'd go with Penang Curry. The steak would be a runner-up, though. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So now, a little bit more serious question. What's your favorite thing about God? Hmm. Man, I would have to say his faithfulness. Um, his faithfulness because, uh, man, he just doesn't fail us. He just does not fail us. Yeah. And, you know, the trials we've gone through, whether it be my wife's health journey, uh, whether it be different times of finances and loss, and God has been faithful. He's steady. And my wife, her, her favorite phrase uh, is God's uh, unchanging character, his immutability, thou changest not. And so I, I'd say I, I, had to, I had to agree with that. Absolutely. Now let's flip that 180. What's your least favorite thing about Satan? Mm. His relentlessness. Um, mm. I, you know, he feels like he takes a lot of cheap shots, goes after the the weak. Yeah, you know, the image of the of the wildebeest. You know, the baby one that gets separated from the the pack. Um, when I see people who are vulnerable and under spiritual attack, it it, it angers me, and I, I've seen plenty of that. Yeah, I totally get you. Totally get that. When you think back over the last year, what is something you spent too much time doing? Hmm. Ah. <sighs> Probably following sports. <laughs> okay. Uh, too much. Uh, I, I, I'd say there's times where where um, a way I'll veg out is just whether it be following, watching, listening to sports radio, especially sports radio in a commute. Um, there's nothing wrong with it inherently, uh, but that time could be could be used in prayer probably a lot more. And yeah. uh, that's an area that I feel like the Lord's really been revealing to me. Okay. Fair enough. So what's a new habit that you want to form moving forward or maybe something that you've recently formed? Yeah, for me, I think it'd be solitude. Um, oh, be around quietness more. Um, I, I'm in a season in my life where there's just not a lot of margin and that's not, not it's not a good sustainable thing, right. but I'm, I'm realizing where, where, where there's opportunity for quietness. I need to do it. I just find myself sometimes either listening to a podcast or listening to a radio or listening to music or uh, on a car drive, just let me just call someone right quick and have them on speakerphone. And those are all okay things, but um, I need to learn to just, just be quiet. And, um, and I think yeah. I, I find myself a lot less uh, anxious if I t- take more time and just solitude. Yeah. Be still, right? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Good stuff there. That's something I've been working on myself. And just usually I play a podcast or something while while I'm having lunch, but I've been challenging myself. I still don't do it every day, but more days than not, I do where I just I don't have anything on. And just during that lunchtime, it's just me on the porch and just, you know, just enjoying that time uh, with the Lord and just not necessarily that I'm praying the whole time, but just just yeah. being still and just enjoying yeah. that. Listen, just listen. That's right. That's right. 
in my neighborhood, there's always a dog barking or something. So there you go. There'll always be something to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so relaxing in my porch. I, you know, I hear sirens. So <laughs> there you go. There you go. So last question for you, Eric, you know, in our lightning round. So what's one thing that you hope the listeners out there remember from our conversation today? Yeah, I would say that, um, that Jesus doesn't give up on us. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of stories I tell in, in, in unexpected Jesus, but I, I feel that the one that's sometimes hardest for us to believe is that, is that, that Jesus continues to meet us where we're at. Uh, we just decide sometimes that he's done with us. He's through, but he's just not. And, and I just, I would love to see more men know and remember that, that God wants to use them. He wants to use you. You could be 75 years old and maybe you've been faithful in the Lord for 30 years. And you're like, this is my time to put my feet up. No, it's not. Um, the Lord wants to still use you. Right. Maybe, yeah, just whatever, whatever scenario you find yourself in. Maybe you're finding yourself young. Like, I'm just too young. I got, I got a lot more seasoning. Yeah, you do. You got to be in the oven a little bit longer to bake, but it doesn't mean you can't be faithful while in the oven. He's going to, you know, he'll meet you there as well. And so the uh, more men just embracing that kind of call. That would excite me. I, I think that would be a powerful thing in the kingdom of God. No doubt. No doubt. Well, man, Eric, this has been phenomenal. Now, where do you want guys to go to, to connect with the book, to get a copy, to connect with you, your church? Man, I just want to give you an open opportunity right here. You point in, in wherever direction you like for them to go. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, I'm on social media. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with it, but you can find me at Dr. Eric Rivera. That's D-R Eric Rivera. That's my handle on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, I preach. Uh, and my sermons are best. You know, you can find them on Spotify at The Brook, uh, The Brook Chicago. Just search on Spotify or Apple Music or YouTube. Uh, we, we live stream our services there on YouTube. Follow The Brook Chicago. And then the book, you can pick it up on Amazon or at LexumPress.com. That's my publisher. Um, it's Unexpected Jesus. And uh, you can find it there wherever you buy books or it's uh, digital as well. So if you you know, you know like reading on your iPad or whatever, you can find it there. But uh, those are ways you can connect with me. Okay, very good. Well, definitely we'll make sure that all that stuff is synced up in the show notes for you listeners out there. What, which uh, social platform are you most active on? Or are you pretty active on all of them? Probably Instagram. I'm, I'm most there. Uh, I, that's, that seems to be my favorite. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. We'll make sure that Instagram um, connection is there in, a, in the show notes for you listeners. So Eric, anything else you'd like to share with us on the line within us today? You know, I just, I, I love the work you're doing, Chris. And I love the fact that there are men hearing these messages. Um, God has a calling on us as men. He wants to use us. And the more we can just embrace that, um, man, the gates of hell will not prevail against the, the, the advancement of the kingdom. And the Lord wants to do it. And I believe he's going to do it. So thank Amen. you for your faithfulness. Amen, brother. Thank you so much. It's an honor to, to talk with you, Eric. And it's just, it's a conversation that matters, that makes an impact. And I, I'm so excited to for the guys out here to hear this one. So man, I hope you have a wonderful day. And thank you again for taking your time today. It's been a privilege, Chris. I appreciate it. How many of you guys can recite all the lines of Sweet Home Alabama without breathing hard, but when it comes to recalling God's word, you get stuck? To help you out, we identify 10 scriptures you need to fight like a lion and a plan to help you get them cemented in your heart. So grab this free resource, and I'm going to come alongside of you in a series of personal 
and engaging messages designed to challenge and help you grow. So get equipped today with a scripture that will help you fight the battle you are in. Visit thelionwithin.us to get started today. That's thelionwithin.us to unlock this free guide you need to fight like a lion. Boom, guys. Did I tell you or did I tell you? That was a wonderful, wonderful conversation with Eric. I learned a ton. I hope you did, too. This is going to be one you're going to have to go back and listen to again. You're probably going to need to take some notes because there are several areas that he unpacked. I really like where he talked about shame and pride because that, that pride and that shame can really have such an impact on us as a, with our confidence, with our assurance, with in how we move forward. And then just what and, and understanding the source of doubt. We all have doubt. I know that Satan is attacking you with doubt. He, he's going to come at you with that. But you know what? You can combat doubt with truth. And the only way you're going to get true, actual, meaningful truth is you got to be plugged in, Lord. Gosh, you got to be plugged into the Lord Jesus. So I pray that this one serves you well. I pray that you, I want you to think about this week, okay, moving forward. Where do you find your source of strength? Okay. Because if you're trying to find this stuff, guys, in a gym, or in some type of, 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 of nutrition, or maybe you try to find your source of strength in, in women, right? Or relationships or money. Maybe there's just that, that number in your, in your bank account that makes you feel good and you feel strong when you see that number. Guys, those are all lies because all that stuff can go away. There's one, there's one true source of strength. You need to realize that. And his name is King Jesus. And Lord, guys, you have to make him Lord over your lives. So I pray, go back, check this one out, right? Take some notes, get some of these truths really anchored into your life and then lean into it. So guys, I, I, pray, I encourage you to share this with others. You know, send that text message right now. Go right, click the little button, says share this episode and send that text message out. Give us a rating, write a review. All those little things matter, guys. Go to the lionwithin.us. The best way to really move forward, to start taking this to the next level, is to join our community. So the lionwithin.us, join our community, give a 30-day free trial. You can jump in, check out our Bible study, check out our resources, check out our blogs, all the stuff we have inside the community, guys, that's there to serve you in your walk, to be that leader that I know that you want to be, but also know Satan does not want you to. So every day you, de you delay, he's winning. Satan is winning. He doesn't want you to get in because the last thing he wants is for you to be an effective, strong Christian leader. Guys, I'm not saying that, that this is the end all be all, but I am telling you this. The men who get in, who engage, grow as leaders, period. Hands down. Hop in, talk to some of these men directly. Give you a 30-day free trial to check it out. So again, alignwithin.us. Now, if you like the spiritual kickoffs every week, and we know you guys do, how about a spiritual kickoff every day? We do a spiritual kickoff every day. I go Monday through Friday, read scripture, and it's a spiritual kickoff to get your day going. That's live inside the community every morning. And we even repost that. So if you guys can't, if you, don't, if you missed that, guess what? It's in the community. You can check it. You can watch that at your leisure throughout the day. So guys, we're here to serve you, to help you grow, be that leader that God intends you to be. But you can't do it from the outside. You got to get in and be part of the community that's growing, that's, that's constantly pushing each other. You'll find that accountability that you're looking for. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, leave fake you outside. Bring real you inside the community. 
And that is the man we want to serve. So come back on Friday. I have some really good tips I think you're going to really enjoy. It's going to help you grow in your walk. You know, definitely going to tie back to this book, too. And I got a couple of dad jokes that I think are going to just get you get you up and going. It's going to be a fun way to, to get your Friday going. So prayerfully, guys, we'll see you back here on Friday. Get after it. Have some fun. Don't forget, hey, Jesus is unexpected. He's going to meet you. You just got to be willing. So get out there. Unleash the lion within.